this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. What up, TGOS listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories, where my guests discuss the inner details of their personal journeys. Before we start, shout out to Classic Studios, a local studio geared towards providing opportunities for those eager to enhance their recording experiences. For more information, contact 706-504-9128. Again, 706-504-9128. Trust me, you would not be disappointed with the quality of service and product. On this episode, we have David Pierre, a local hip hop artist whose lyrical content reflects that of his faith, family and core values. David's wordplay and intent will have you rethinking metaphors and how they apply to his relatable experience. I hope this episode challenges our way of using the gifts we are given to channel the bigger message. Check it out. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. It is your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Today, I am speaking with Mr. David Pierre, wordsmith extraordinaire. Um, Been working on that for about two minutes. So anyway, (laughs) Uh, thanks for coming to the show, man. Um, Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Appreciate you inviting me and even thinking about me to, you know, come here and to bless your, bless your podcast, man. <laughs> well, it's two, it's two things about you. You're not only a, a dope lyricist, but you're a dope person. And um, that's what I, that's what intrigues me most about interviewing people is getting to know the person, gotcha. uh, regardless of what talent or ability that you have, because it's, it's more than that when it comes to who you are and gotcha. what you were created to be. So, uh, but I met, I met David, dang, it was a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, it was an event uh-huh. that we did. And um, it's funny, man. Well, it's not funny, but the woman that hosted it, she passed away, uh, I think. Um, I forgot her name. Um. Because the husband posted why. He said something on Facebook, I wish you yeah, were here. that's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I had just seen her. Yeah. Um, but that's when I met you and your, your lovely wife. And... Um, Oh, that's right. We emceed that night. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And then you uh, you performed as well, <laughs> and I I remember talking to you and you were saying you you rapped and you were and you um, you were the lyricist and I was like that's dope. So when I heard you, I was like, man, <laughs> man this is why I love hip hop. Like that that was one of those moments for me, and actually getting the chance uh-huh. to to talk to you, even if even if it was for a few minutes, uh, but. Um, you just see, uh, just released the song. Uh, you know how we do. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Um, and the one thing I love about this song is just like watching a um, a detailed movie that you have to watch again to catch every single. Because you catch something different every time. Because I was just listening to it and I was like, hold on, 
Um, it was just something small. He said, uh, Rolex billboard, these are signs of the times. And I'm like, <laughs> the, the parallel, just something small like that. But that's yeah. just the, that's just the tip of it, you know, stuff like that that really catches my attention. So, um, first of all, again, thank you, and I'm glad to uh, be, it, to be speaking to you. And um, it's just pretty awesome to know somebody, a fellow man such as you, uh, with the heart that you have, and um, being able to get an idea of that. And I'm shut up so we can start talking. Now, I mean, I know you're talking about me, but man, I can <laughs> say the same about you. You know what I mean? From the first time that. We met, yeah. and uh, you know, you were there, and, and hearing you perform, and then I could hear your heart and your poetry, and then even an interaction. You know, sometimes you meet people for the first time and they're standoffish. Yeah, they don't want to open up, they don't want to talk, but it was somewhere you could feel a meshing already. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were speaking with each other, and then kind of built from there yeah. on. You know, on the craft, just understanding and seeing you do even more things and look into all the stuff that you were putting out at the time and thinking like this dude is this is one of me this is like <laughs> like myself you know just remembering how i fell in love with not just rap in itself but writing the artistry of writing yeah like even the 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 little stuff short stories in school and <laughs> you know english classes and your literature classes coming up those were the things I really paid attention to because I was, I was, you know, kind of blessed to be good at, you know, to kind of do that. But yeah, and just but and meeting you, seeing all those things entangled in the one, yeah, and you know, and then you see how off the bat, man, you have a humble heart, man, humble spirit. I can see that, I can sense that, mm-hmm. and discern that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I appreciate, I just appreciate who you are to to the world, man, to this to this craft, to this thing that we call hip-hop to this thing yeah. that we call rap this art form a way of getting the message across just appreciate you bro oh no problem man and um it takes fire to know a flame right <laughs> <laughs> uh, i might put that in the bar right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what i tell adrian she'll say something <laughs> um well we're speaking to that but it's just oh uh, just let me just say off the bat the way that you appreciate the concept of family Oh yeah, man. that warms my heart so much. Like the way you speak about your wife and your kids, and how endearing that is. And a lot of us men nowadays, most men that we've come across, maybe they're not as open. Correct. When it comes to stuff like that. So, uh, well, we'll get into that as the episode progresses. But I just want to go ahead and start and ask you, where were you born? Like, what was you, what was your childhood like? Like, what was what did that entail? Got you. Well. I was born, I'm a, uh, what they call a military brat or a military child. Yeah. Um, so I was born in uh, Heidelberg, Germany. Okay. <clears throat> My family hails from New Orleans, Louisiana. So yeah, I love to claim, I claim New Orleans, Louisiana because I've been somewhere everywhere. So, <laughs> you know, my father did um, a short spell in Germany, uh, moved to Texas. He did a few years there. Um, he did two years in, in Korea. Mm-hmm. And so he finished here in Augusta, Georgia. Um, so I've been in Augusta for about since '94, I believe '93. Yeah. So, uh, so I bounced a little bit of everywhere. Got a little bit of influence from everywhere. Um, but my childhood, man, was amazing, amazing childhood. 
Yeah. Um, and it built some things, you know, music-wise. Mm-hmm. My family is full of musicians from top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Singers, songwriters, DJs, producers, rappers, musicians out the yin-yang. Man. You know, I play drums. And then even when me and my wife got married, she was playing trumpet in college while I was playing drums in college. Wow. So it still goes on and on and yeah. on and on. <clears throat> so, you know, getting together and um, coming up, music all, is all around. My pops, huge music. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was, was more of the church type. You know, she was in the, you know, we were in the church, come up in the church. Yeah. But my dad still had his record collection, you know, <laughs> the, the Hendrixes and and the Jackson Five and Earth, Wind and Fire, and, yeah. and you know those different old groups. And he played guitar and sung as well. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. But um, yeah, man, and coming up that way, and then coming up, always living on bass, of course. Yeah. So you know, it's always many children, you know, because you have to have at least a child or two to live <laughs> on bass anyway. Yeah. So every place that you go, you have some kind of child. You have some kind of children. You, it's something going on, and then they kept it interesting where there was always music, there was parties going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back then, BET was popping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we used to tape just about every music video, man. We did, too. When Video Soul was coming out, yeah, we used to record it and play the tracks back, back, back. Then we, we, were, we used to dance, so yeah. we had a little group. Everybody in the house danced, so... My brother would come up with routines, and we would all get together and learn these routines to, you know, new edition songs and, <laughs> and different songs like that, man, different groups. Yeah. And just have a blast, man. And then it just built, you know, just built a musical standard in us, per se. And he yeah. really, you know, taught me how to listen and understand music from that standpoint as well. Yo, thank you all for listening so far. Keep tuning in as we take a quick break and be right back. So, what's your story? Does it involve pain, pleasure, both, or neither? Do you see the message in the mess, the calm and the chaos, the pleasantry and the nightmare? If you feel comfortable sharing your story, let me know, because someone somewhere needs to hear it. Contact me via social media so we can have some dialogue. The glory in your story isn't just about your freedom, but reminding others they too deserve liberation. I'm here to listen, learn, and apply. Love each other, but most importantly, love yourself. And now, back to the episode. So who were your favorites, favorite artists back then? Back then? Yeah. Wow, my favorite artist back then. Wow, back then might have been, when I was that young, Had to, we had this MC Breed record mc breed i don't know if you remember mc breed Mm-mm. he came out with a song called ain't no future in your front and i used to love <laughs> that song man and then that that song would come on i had a little dance i would do to it <laughs> i could do the splits back then yeah so i hit my little dance and it hit that split 
But um, that's who that's who I really like. Can really just think of like who I appreciated back then, mm-hmm. and then as I got a little older, you know, I can really like my sixth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade is when I first got a whiff of Wu Tang Clan. Bro, man, I was on Wu Tang oh. so hard, man. That is the one <clears throat> of the most iconic musical groups, period. Because each guy was just had his own arsenal. Correct. Yeah, and it was like 80 of them brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. Man, um, I'm trying to, my favorite, it's funny you said that, my favorite Wu-Tang song is Triumph. Um, uh, it and the longest man. song as well. And it was like, because back then, like even now, like it was like six or seven minutes long. No chorus. No chorus. No chorus. Just <laughs> literally nothing but bars. That's yeah. it. And my favorite verse is Inspector Deck because when he comes on and the way he's just, his rhyme schemes, I'm like, bro, I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. And then that's, I think that's the first time I got introduced to Method Man and um, Red Man and um, I've heard of Ghostface Killer. But these guys, I want, it's funny because I was hearing about hip-hop and the, and the history of it, and they were mostly underground at first. Mm-hmm. And then they hit the mainstream. I don't even think that was their main intention. They were just guys off the streets that say, this this is what we love doing. Correct. And it's funny how they, how they came together. So uh, where were you doing the evolution of hip-hop? Like, how, who were you following? What trends did you notice that came into place? And things that may have stayed the same, they have changed. Got you. So when that was, uh, like I said, Love Wu Tang, Method Man was 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 real big. Um, so much so, like <laughs> you know, because Method Man he was known for having razors in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friend would try to do that, you know, you know, put razors in our mouth just like Method Man. Yeah. Know? Wanted to have the grill. That's the first time you've seen somebody with a grill. Yeah. Wanted to have the grill like Method Man. Um, but just seeing that and then, uh, you know, the woo wear started to pop off. Mm-hmm. And my, I remember my, my dad got so mad at me, gave me some money to go, you know, buy some clothes. Yeah. And I seen this woo wear shirt, man. <laughs> Regular T-shirt. It was $35. Wow. He almost killed me about <laughs> that shirt. Bought the shirt it was thirty five dollars, but um, you know that's that's one of that's some of the people that I follow. But then I started to hear the Biggies, mm-hmm. hear really hear Biggie man, and and then Biggie's storytelling was just it just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, and then I would listen to Biggie. I'm like, man, this dude is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then hearing him, and then hearing um. Jay Z, you know, early Jay Z when he first hit the scene, and really just listening to him and listening to, um, you know, all kind of different artists. You know, mm-hmm. your Outkast is when they first came out. Yeah, yeah. It was so. It was so like back then. Everything, pretty much everything that was coming out was good. Yeah. And I was a little different because you know we down here in the south. Mm-hmm. But my ear was to everything that was going up north. Yeah, you know, cause I really love wordplay. Really love wordplay. Mm-hmm. Love the beats. 
um, you know, you just couldn't sneak stuff by me because I was I was a steward of music, so I would listen to music, like really listen, dissect it, mm-hmm. and kind of glean from it in that aspect. And that's what I would move from. I would listen to it, and I'd be like, man. That's amazing. Let me listen to it again, see if I can catch some other stuff. Yeah. And then my brother played a huge part in that because at that time he was, uh, you know, in his college years. And, you know, when you're in college, everything is kind of siphoning. He went to HBCU. So everything is kind of siphoning through college. And you're hearing all kind of different music. He's like, hey, David, listen to this. Listen to this. Then, you know, back then we had CDs. So, you know, yeah. it ain't like this time now. So <laughs> he had to bring home a bunch of CDs. And <laughs> what I'd do... You have a CD hooked up to the, you know, the, the dual. You have the CD and the tape recorder. Yeah. So I take all his CDs and put it on tapes and be recording it. And then now what really, um, when Timbaland came out, because I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a musician, drummer. Mm-hmm. So drum beats is, is going to be one of my things as well. So yeah. hearing when Timbaland came out, changed the beat game. Like really just changed his raps wasn't all that, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just hearing the, his beats and the, the energy he put into his beats. Yeah. And the way he stood apart from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's what I loved as well. Um, and so now you can see his influence, his musical influence, and Biggie's musical influence mm-hmm. on the artistry and stuff that's going on now. Yeah. So, you know, that just lets you know that they, stood, they pretty much had stuff to stand the test of time where people can take a little bit of that and you can hear it. You can hear the them pioneering a certain style, the double kicks for, you know, we didn't hear that until a Timbaland came in. You hear the double kicks on, on songs. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, that's crazy. You really didn't hear much of storytelling, really dynamic barring out and storytelling at the same time until you hear Biggie. Yeah. And then Biggie kind of came with it and kind of, you know, kind of pioneered it and then people just kept gradually grabbing it. And then now we still have stuff going on now. Yeah. Now, as far as music now, do you think, um, like with a lot of the young hip-hop artists, mm-hmm. do you see a trend going going on, whereas it's probably not the type of music that you would be drawn to? Or are you able to look past that and say, this is where they're at. Let me figure out what all this entails. Because personally for me, I am a fan of old hip hop. Mm-hmm. And the only artist now that I really like, to be honest, is, you know, J. Cole, um, K. Dot. Yeah. You know, these, these cats are like, he, J. Cole is, he breaks, he, he's more scientific with his work to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's, he's a really, he's an artist, he's the artist's artist, you know? Gotcha. But those are the only two guys, There's a couple of guys, um, if we step into the Christian hip hop arena, uh-huh. which some of them are starting to say, "I'm not a Christian rapper; I'm just a rapper that happen to be Christian." Gotcha. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? Because I know some people are very specific when it comes to that um, labeling. The way I see that, I guess it all depends on where you started out. Yeah. Like if you were. It may just be a um, what came first. Like, were you a rapper first? Were you Christian first? Or did you turn Christian and then start rapping? Yeah. So, you know, and, and, I, and I can see where they say I'm just a rapper that happens to be Christian because they want to be looked at as a 
on an even playing field. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of how I want to I want to put my work out there. Like doesn't matter what you believe, right? At the end of the day, a seed is a seed. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's going to draw people to the seed when you look at it from that kind of perspective is are you dope? Like can I can I Yeah. No matter what if you if you talking about something and you got a great delivery and you know how to put things together, at the end of the day, what what a lot of CHH artists want is for people just to say, you know what? At the end of the day, this dude can rap. Yeah, this dude is a, a dope artist, and I will listen to him. And then what'll happen is, or what they're hoping will happen is, they'd be like, you know what? As we're listening to this dope artist, let's go and research some of this stuff. Let's see, you know, what's really going on. Let's see if he's really right. Let's just just check some of these facts and stuff that he's talking about. Yeah. So and I and I can see their perspective on it, um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, it's kind of like to each his own, <laughs> you know. And I just listen to the material and see. You can really identify what they really are when they're talking, though. Yeah. You can really once you're listening to the music, you can really identify. Hey, oh, this is what he believes. Okay, this is what he feels. This is what he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. Because <clears throat> a lot of stuff you can't you can't really hide when it's when it's when it's your artistry when it's supposed to be something that's in you coming out of you. Yeah, you can't hide it. You, you know we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it when you talk. We're gonna see it how you dress. We're gonna see how you act. How you treat your family. Yeah, you know you can tell me you're orange tree, but if I keep seeing bananas, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm gonna know you by your fruit. You yeah, know what I mean I'm gonna I'm know that fruit. Yeah. So to remain in the context of what. David is referencing to, I thought I'd read um, a biblical uh, scripture, uh, if you don't mind. I bet you're thinking, I did not expect to get on here to hear preaching. No, I'm not preaching. I'm just quoting the Bible. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, when you're listening to your favorite artist and you claim yourself to be a Christian artist, um, your words, your content should reflect that. That's all that uh, David is referencing to. And growing up, I started learning that about my favorite artists. And actually, my favorite artist, he, I wouldn't say he started changing, but he would say one thing, but do another. And with social media, you're like, yo, man, um, I see you doing this, but that's not what you said in your song a while back. Um, play devil's advocate. Um, they were growing. They were evolving as artists. But if you are going to say that this is what you represent, I think your lyrics should be even your content as an artist should be an extent of who you are. Um, a lot of people would probably disagree or agree. Who knows? But um, I, I personally believe uh, that David is David Pierre is referencing to um, artists being about their talk and walking it. So, but yo, continue to listen in. This is the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories with Mr. David Pierre. And that's the and it's funny you said about the, the thing the thing about what's inside the music. And you coined a, a model that I really, really enjoyed. It was was the message in the music, mm-hmm. which is Sabbath sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you started that, I was like, this is so dope. Number one, I commend you on freestyling. <laughs> that ain't for me. <laughs> that ain't for me, man. I just, I always am, 
are very amazed at where where artists go because I know it's a rhythm that you got to find, and it just you just yeah. go with it and to just ride that wave like that. That is to me that's so impressive, and for you to have different material every single week, yeah. that was that was dope. Um, but I really but going back to having a message in the music mm-hmm. and understanding why you were doing what you're doing and listening to what you were saying and realizing that your lyrics reflect your life, which is a life that you live. Correct, correct. And you know, with, and with that, the reason why I said that is because the message is what lives on. Yeah. So you, you look at all the patriarchs in the scriptures, their message still lives on. You know, because a lot of people delivered a message and didn't see the fulfillment of that message. They died off, but that message still lived on. And we can go back and say, you know what? That was that prophecy in Deuteronomy that, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 Moses spoke. You know, that one of the prophets spoke. And I, oh, I can, that's what it was. Mm. And so, and that's the same thing with it now, man. It's a message in the music. This is something that I'm not just recording for people like you. Yeah. I'm thinking about my children's children, children, when they get of age and say, hey, man, when I'm about to play a basketball game, when I'm about to play a football game, what do I want to listen to? Let me pop in something that great great granddad put you know put together. You know he's still he's still relevant to this time that we're living in because there's a message that can always shape me from the inside out. Yeah. And so and that's that's the thing, man. And then um, even with even when we talk about the Sabbath 16s, man, when we really, um, as I was telling you before, the way I even got into. Um, Back rapping. I mean, I used to, you know, mess around with the fellas freestyle, mm-hmm. um, battle rapped a little bit in college or whatever. But after I started, you know, waking up to the truth, you know, I just pulled away. I didn't think that was a part of my purpose, a part of my passion at the time. Yeah. Um, so I pulled away from it. And I was in a successful business with my father. And uh, in prayer one day, man, most high was just telling me, hey, I need you to pull away from this business and start back writing. Mind you, this business is being very lucrative to me and my family. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I fought that thing for a while. I was like, nah, that can't be right. But then what happened is my wife came and confirmed it. Mm. Just confirmed that thing. She was like, just, and then she would throw things out like, what about this? Would you be doing this or this or this? Would you be doing this or this? And then most high would tell me, like, hey, man, can your son, can you take your son to a business meeting? Can you take your daughter to a business meeting? Can your daughter and your son see you really work your business and get an understanding at a young age about your business? Hmm. Would it win them with you being in this business? I had to be like, oh, no. It was like, well, can your son see you right? Can your son see you listen to music and put out stuff? Can your son go to concerts? Can he go to studio sessions? Can they grow up? Can your daughter come up and and see what you're doing and it ignites something in her to be able to walk in that same gifting that has been running through your family from as long as you can remember? Mm. So that's the thing. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to obey. I'm going to do it. Because he was hounding me every time I go back into prayer. He'd be right there. Like, yeah. Hey, you, you, we not gonna move until you, until you acknowledge just what I'm telling you to do. Um, and so what I did was I was like, all right, that's all he told me to, which is to start back writing. Yeah. So I'd be like, man, how am I gonna do this? 
He just <laughs> told me to write. So I had to find a way to hold myself accountable of writing. So I was like, okay, if I put out new material, if I put out 16 bars on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, if I put mm-hmm. out 16 bars every Saturday, <clears throat> that's going to make me write. I'm going to have to continue to write, continue to write, continue to put down ideas, continue to take time out to sacrifice to be able to do this, to keep it uh, consistent, to keep a consistent flow going on. Yeah. And so I started doing it, man. I started doing it. I was like, well, and then the first time I put it out, you know, it had great response. Like, I didn't do it for the responding or for the responses, mm-hmm. but it just came along, you know, with, with the most high was giving me. They, people were just like, man, this is amazing, bro. You, are you doing this? And people <laughs> started seeking me out, like, man, we got to record. We got to do this. And then people began to start sharing the videos. Yeah. And start sharing it and putting it on the YouTube channels. And, um, you know, and other people started responding, sending me messages. Hey, man, are you recording? Can you come down here to Virginia? Can you come to Philadelphia? We got to get together, man. Wow. We got to get together. Um, and so with that, I was like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> so, and you know, continuing to do that. And then the way I got to the freestyling part, it was becoming too much to try to <laughs> <laughs> memorize verses every week. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I don't see anybody doing, doing this. Um, so what I would do is, freestyle but then i would get to let you know because people be like oh you know freestyle you probably remember some stuff so i would do like you know what something i would do in college mm-hmm. i we was at hbc i, I used to get drunk and then <laughs> we do word association so mm. i would just start rhyming and then they would just throw words out and i would take the words and use them mm-hmm. and i throw another word out i take it i use it. so what i would do on facebook on my sabbath 16 page is I would start rapping and have people throw words in the comments. And I would have to use the words in the comments in the rhyme. Mm. And so that just that just ballooned and people just really started gravitating to that. Yeah. And um and it just became fun. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't stressful and, you know, stressful trying to remember stuff and all that. But uh it was just getting on there. You know, people coming in like, man, what is he gonna do now? You know, <laughs> what words he, what words he's gonna use now, and just using that same thing, man, and uh, you know, using it for the greater good. And then now we have an album that's about to come out. Yes, we're shooting for um, January one, man, twenty twenty. Nice. So twelve a twelve a.m. New Year. Hopefully, be dropping that album, man, where people can really. You know, I, I be telling people it's like a baby. It's like I, I've been pregnant with this thing for a little bit. <laughs> you know, the sonogram saying one thing, I'm feeling one thing, but it's nothing like pushing that baby out and being able to look at your baby and see the attributes of this baby. Oh man, you, you, you look like great great granddaddy. You know, and that, <laughs> and when you hear like, man, I sound like. Blase, blase, blase. Or this is something sound like somebody would say in this realm. You know, just seeing all of the musical influence of 36 years of living on this earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the beautiful part of um, everything we, you know, come up with and and the way we grow up as human beings and all our influences and stuff that we go through. And I used to wonder, and I know it kind of, kind of jumping around but going back to what you said about family and this is what a lot of things we got to understand that we come up in pharaoh's house we all we all walk in the same 
um, the same manner as Moshe or Moses. Mm-hmm. We all walk in that same manner where we come up in the Pharaoh's house and then we gather information and things happen in Pharaoh's house, whether good or bad. And what we do is we take that and we flip it. And then we either we form standards with it and then we go against the same kingdom that we came out of. Think about it like this. My, my parents split up when I was in the seventh grade. He talking about how I love family and I appreciate family. Mm-hmm. When my parents split up, I went crazy. I was I was I was on my Tupac, <laughs> F everything, F everybody. <laughs> so and I felt, you know, you felt that disconnect. You and I can always look back now and see where, man, if mom would have been, if mom and dad would have been together, yeah, you know, it would have been better for me. It would have been a lot better for me. And so what happens is that forms a standard. So now the standards is I don't ever want my children to feel how I felt. Yeah. I don't ever want my children to see or to ask or to say, is daddy going to be around? You know, mm-hmm. is daddy going to be here? Does he love us? And the same thing with my wife. I didn't want any, I didn't want any thought in her mind if I love her, if I appreciate her, if I want her, if I value her. I always wanted to be where they felt that. Yeah. And I desired to have that for them, but it came as hardships in Pharaoh's house. Mm-hmm. You know, there's divorce in Pharaoh's house. Sometimes it can be abuse. It can be not being loved enough and loved too much, or it can be molestations. But some things, once we internalize them, we give them to the father. Now he can really develop a true standard, a true heart, and a true ministry in us from those hurts but the things that we do sometimes we deal with the hurts in the wrong manner yeah we try to mask them we try to smoke them away we try to drink them away we try to drug them away we try to sex them away Mm -hmm. you know certain things like that when those things are given to us to really develop and and build a standard we can come out and attack the same kingdom that was attacking us yeah Cause you gotta think when you when you first when you first came into the knowledge of the truth, you became angry. Cause you was like, man, I thought I was having fun. I thought I thought, <laughs> I thought I was living right. I was having a good time. Yeah. But then you're like, hold on, no. The enemy had him. He had a mask on my eyes. You know, thinking I was doing good, but really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so what that does, like, okay, I'm taking everything to this book. I'm going out. And whatever I got, whatever, whatever. And then that's when we got to find out what our purpose is. Because when you have your purpose in life, that's when you can flow in dominion. Mm. See, and one thing, one thing with me, man, when it comes to, and I'm not, you know, prideful enough because I know it's not me. It's him that inks the pen. So, but I now know where my dominion is. Yeah. And I know when I get on that mic, when I write, I know you're going to hear the most high, you're gonna hear him gifting me. You're gonna you're gonna walk away with something like, man, this dude says some stuff. That, like you said, I need to go back and listen to some more. <laughs> it's yeah. like scriptures. Yeah. Well, you can read stuff, read stuff, read stuff, and then go back to it a month, two months, two years, three years, and get different, different. You can get different uh, revelations of it that you can apply to your life and then feed on to the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that because I was um, my mom was watching 
the Wrath of the Titans, which was the sequel to mm, Clash of the Titans, the recent one that came out over the last few years. Mm. And I was so fascinated with Hades and how Hades was the god of the underworld. Mm. But I'm like, he's the god of the underworld. So that means that's his dominion, it's the underworld. But for you to be a god of the underworld, that means you have to be very good at doing bad. <laughs> so I was thinking, if Satan is very good at doing bad, I can only imagine how great of a musician he was. Man. I was like, man, that blew my mind yesterday. Chiefly musician. I was like, yo, if you this good, if you do this so well when it comes to sin, <laughs> I can only imagine at on your worst day, you were better than anyone. Correct. So like you said, you 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 go your uh, an entire time reading something and you're like this is what it is, but when you go back through it and you look at it from a different lens, mm -hmm. you're like yo, I didn't see this before. Correct, correct. And um one thing that you spoke on which uh means a lot to me is the concept of legacy. Now, a lot of people assume that legacy is like oh, it's what was made is not for you. Like you said, it may be mm -hmm. a dream or an idea that you build and may not be able to live through, but it's a foundation that you set for the future. And the first two mm -hmm. people I thought of, and you already mentioned them, was Moses and um, um, and uh, Martin Luther King. Like these, these guys have talked about the promised land mm -hmm. and didn't live to see it. But even now, 2019, that ideal is still relevant. The land of milk and honey is still relevant mm -hmm. and it's still obtainable. Correct, correct. And that's the that's the and I was telling them this in our ministry um a couple of days ago. And sometimes it hurts being the first fruits of something. Yeah. Like think about it. When you first start to plant your first crop, the ground is it hasn't been it hasn't been tampered with. Mm -hmm. So you have to go through and you got to work hard and break that ground up and 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 you have to mature that ground and you have to fertilize that ground. And then you have to go in and plant. But then if you look at that second and third crop and the third year and the fourth year and the fifth year, it becomes so much more easier. Sounds like you're talking about marriage. Oh yeah, I'm talking <laughs> about I'm talking about marriage, I'm talking about family. Yeah. Cuz you got to think sometimes just imagine the information that we have now. What if our children catch a hold of that when they're seven, eight years old? Mm. It won't be a struggle like we had to go through. Yeah. You know, because they can see things. Man, I see mom and daddy loving each other. I see, I see daddy loving his children. Girls seeing their fathers loving them and not wanting anything from them. Mm -hmm. That's key. Because the father should be the first impression of what kind of man a daughter should desire. Yeah. Because the father can treat you right, do this for you, and he's not wanting anything in return. And that's the problem we have. Sometimes in relationships, girls feel like they don't have that, they don't have that validation from a father. So what happens is they feel like they owe something. They feel like they owe somebody something because they have a void. They feel like, well, I have this void. And and the first thing a dude can say is, if you love me, then we can we can lay together, we can do this. Yeah. And it's speaking directly to that void. But if you got somebody who's got a daddy that's been steadfast, that's been showing them, and they have that understanding, you can't do that. Mm mm. 
They're going to be like, hold on, no. Daddy did all that for me. He never wanted anything from me. Exactly. He didn't want nothing from me. So when they see that, man, that's, that's like you said, that's legacy. That's that's that first that's that first fruit. That ground has been broken up. We went through. Mm-hmm. Just like you can say, Moses went through, man. He went through, but he built up leaders. He built up leaders. Hello again. Listen, if you're inspired by this podcast or any particular episode, I would love to hear from you. There's nothing better than connecting with people. Hit me up via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter so we can start some encouraging dialogue, whether it's pertaining to your story or someone else's. And now, back to the episode. about Elijah and you think about Elisha and you think about all those that studied under some of these men that went through in their calling and in their driving and their ministry but they went through so that we can have it a little I mean it's not easy but that's so we can have even a a greater witness that we can have an an easier time as far as having examples that we can look man we have scriptures now we can go back and look at them scriptures like hey Oh, this was the problem. Okay. Okay, I had this problem, but he had this problem too. So how did he deal with it? Mm-hmm. Oh, he dealt with it. Oh, okay, got it. Got it. Now I can warfare with these scriptures, these testimonies. Yeah. You know, these aren't stories. These are testimonies. <laughs> and so in the but like the scripture says, we are epistles written to men. So we are we are writing our own chapters by what we are doing and the things that we are saying. And the people that are seeing this first off is family. Yeah. It's your family. So those are the ones that we really have to impact. And if we start thinking like that, man, man, our homes would be so much more in order, man. Wow. We'll make better decisions. I'm telling you, if we start thinking from that aspect, our decision making would be so much better. And then we can honestly see things being changed down our line. But it starts with you. It starts with the Calvin. It starts with the David going through the ringer. Yeah. And be like, hey, most high, I don't know it all. And you said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of you. And you give it to him liberally and upbraid it not. So, hey, I'm asking you, show me how to be a father. Show me how to be a successful husband. Show me how to love my wife according to knowledge. Show me how to not cause my children to wrath. Show me. Show me how to be such a great father that my children will want to take care of me in my old age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Show me how to be, how to give honor, but to how to give honor in place of being honor, how to sow those seeds of honor. Mm. And he'll give it, man, because that's it's his good. It, that's what he wants to do. He has to have a seed in the earth, a righteous seed. Even the scripture says when two righteous parents come together, they produce a righteous seed. But then if you look in Psalms 37, it comes back and said the seed of the wicked going to be cut off. Mm. So when you look at that, that starts to make, and we look at it from that aspect, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> All right, so it's got to be some, we got we to gotta, we gotta exchange his life for ours to be to produce righteous seeds. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because I'm going to say this. And we got about two minutes, two minutes left, man. It's, wow, um, this is like My the fastest. This is not your fault, bro. 
Like this is the this was it felt like it was ten minutes ago when we first started this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've I had a feeling it was gonna be like this. Um, it's funny you said that because Biggie, before it's funny right before he died, he was talking about family. Like sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. When I heard that song, he said, um, "Let me give my daughter this college grant so she don't need no man." But he was talking about the future, mm-hmm. and and it's funny you said that because once things start when you really start doing what you're supposed to do that's when things get rocky and that's that's when I believe that's when you're doing the right thing <laughs> let me ask you this one question and I'm going to ask you one more but just what do you think about this whole journey that Kanye West has taken as an artist and as a, as a man as a husband as a father the way his mindset is you know fully accepting I guess he's fully accepted God into his life and proclaiming to be, he's claiming to be a Christian, and I'm not anything yes. against that. But how do you feel about that? Um, to be honest, man, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. Um, because one thing, and and the church is bad at this. One thing, you know, sometimes we get so, we feel like we need someone so bad, or we want validation so bad, that all they can do is just say, hey. I'm with Christ. Oh, come on in, brother. Let's make music. Let's do this. But he said, he ain't produced not a single ounce of righteous fruit. Mm. You haven't heard him come out and denounce nothing. I heard somebody say years ago, the way I know you've changed is your dealings with sin. Mm. When you warfare against sin, that's when I know you've changed. And then you got to think again, what happens is, prime example, a preacher was, just say a preacher was late coming to preach a revival. When he got there, he was breathing hard. He was like, man, pastor, what happened? He was like, well, you know, I was running late. Uh, my car broke down. And when I got out the car, I tried to fix my car. I got hit by an 18-wheeler. And then I got up and got all these holes in my clothes. And now I'm here. It was like, Pastor, you lying. It was like, why would you call me a liar? It's because it's impossible for somebody to get hit by an 18-wheeler and not change. Mm. That's what we have to look at. Yeah. When you say you've been affected by something, you will change. And the thing, the thing we're running into now, he's getting validation with no change. Wow. Never saw it that way. And that's, that's the dangerous part. That's super dangerous. Because if you haven't showed any, it's acceptance. <laughs> it's acceptance without change. It's kind of like the how they say, I can come as I am. Come as I am to the ministry. Yeah, but you ain't supposed to stay that way. <laughs> that means you have to be changing. There has to be a change in your character, a change in integrity. Brian, you've been dealing with the occult for years. Hmm. You've been dealing in that for years. There's no way you're going to say, I'm with Christ now. And a week later, you just, uh-uh. We need to, who are you under? Yeah. Who's your leader? You're doing Sunday service, but who is who is <laughs> your leader? Who's responsible for you? Yeah. Who's speaking into your life? Who hmm. can vouch for you? Hmm. There's nobody that can do that. And then you got the old steams and you got all these people that are excited. 
it's dangerous, man. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, and it's all I can say is um, it's interesting. And but that's his journey. But seeing all the things that are happening and seeing you know, having social media and having accessibility mm-hmm. to his journey, I'm like, if it is what it is. And I love asking hip hop heads what they think about it because you know Kanye is an artist first because that's where we know him from. Mm-hmm. But after his rap sheet and the things he's talking about. You know, noticing the fruit of the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the way back to college dropout. You're like, Correct. oh, oh, that's that's a turn. Um, but it's just a few things he's said about his family, about, you know, him wanting to uh, claim his rightful position in the family as being a man in the house. And these are the standards we're going to live by. And I'm like, okay, okay, I can get with that. But. Like you, it's just like he said. You used the perfect word. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous. dangerous. Um, but I'm gonna ask you this last question. Okay. Based off everything that you've been through, um, and I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it here. Um, one thing I remember last time I first time I spoke to you, you were talking about you would steal away to go right when you was working. Mm-hmm. I perfectly understand that struggle. I do. I remember writing in my phone and my notes, going because I worked the retail. I would specifically walk through the back room, type and walk, then go back in, <laughs> type. Yeah. And I, as soon as I get a thought, like I gotta leave, and then I'll type and then I go back. I remember writing it on receipts. I remember all of that. Yeah, so so. hearing that from you, I was like, yo, I perfectly understand. And you know, speaking about the development of your family, how all that came together, mm-hmm. the miracle behind that. Oh yeah, that, man, yeah, yeah. that all that touched my heart so much. Uh, but considering all of that, your entire life up until now and plans for the future, what would you say is the glory in your story? Man, the glory in the story, man, is just learning that I don't control nothing. Yeah. At the most, I has a plan, and he is going to execute that plan. Scripture says, let he that have begun a good work in you, he's going to perform it into the day of Christ. So when you look at that, like, hey, he's got the will, man. It's, it's his will over our will. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a verse in the song. It's, <laughs> it's, it's his will over our will, so we call that student drivers. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, that it's his will, man. It's his will. It's his will. It's his way. Because even with our gifts, right, Yeah. we get this twisted up where it says your gifts will make room. People be like, well, man, I got to get paid. I got to do this. No. What happens is your gift's going to make room for his will to be accomplished. Mm. That's why you meet, if you meet some people that are that are believers in a hair salon, the gateway is doing your hair. But the will is getting that word to you while you're in the salon. Mm. The will is ministering to you while you're in that salon. If you're working on a job, you may be good with your hands working on cars. That's the gateway. That's your gifting. But his will is that no man should perish. So therefore, there has to be a word or a seed that is imparted into an individual. So the same with you, our writing. Hey, man, they go, man, your writing is dope, man. It's good. And, you know, somebody, you know, uh, leader prophesied, he's like, man, I see you having a concert. But when you get there, it's going to be something totally different. 
You know, it's not just going to be about your rapping. It's going to be about a testimony. It's going to be about a word that's going to be given out to the people that are in attendance that can change and shape their lives forever. That's the glory part, man. That's the glory part. Because like I said, these gifts, when we die, these gifts go on with us. Yeah. That's why, this, that's why the scripture says the gifts and callings are about repentance. Because that's something that's going to perish with us. But that word, that word, that seed that we can give is going to last forever. You know, they can be like, man, my dad could rap. But he, oh man, but he always found a way to get that word in there. He always found a way. Always found a way to give his testimony. Man, Cal, your children, man. You're going to have children, brother. You and Adrian gonna have some beautiful children. I'm going, like, Daddy can my dad would write and he but but it was something that daddy would do. He would give us a word. He may have taught us something in a song that really shaped our inner being, like I do with my children now. Mm-hmm. Man, and they spit off stuff. We we make stuff fun, you know, we give it to them and we'll take a scripture and we'll flip it. So now when I call out that scripture, my son could be like, bum, bum, bum. Mm. He sees it as fun, yeah. Because we're spending time, and he's showing, he's showing, daddy's showing him something that's passionate to him, something that's that means something to him. So therefore, he wants to catch it because what he wants to make daddy proud. And so what happens is while he's doing that, that seed is in the inside. So now when he gets in in a, in a struggle, he can be like, "Oh, hold on, we we used to go with Philippians four and thirteen all the time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." Yeah, that's that's it. I see. I thought we was having fun. <laughs> that was a gift that planted a seed in you. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And that's what we have a responsibility for. So, and that's what I look for. If, if I go to any kind of concerts, where is the seed? Mm. I know. I know. I paid my money. I know this is entertainment. You can entertain. You can put on a show. But where is the seed? I gotta have something that's gonna that's gonna keep me after I leave out these doors, cause that devil ready to run me over like a smooth road. Yeah. So I need to have something that can keep me. What is that seed that I can put in me that when I get in a situation I can spit that thing out and I can keep flowing. I can keep moving for the next generation, for the next generation. What's gonna keep me cognizant of what's going on in my family lineage? Hmm. That's what I look for, and. And that's what I and that's what I encourage and inspire other people to do, man, is whatever your gifting is, whatever your calling is, it's gotta come with a righteous seed. Because it says a seed is gonna multiply or bear fruit of itself. And even the scripture says, I'm gonna put a seed in your mouth and in your children's mouth and in your children's children's mouth. Let you know that there's something that's going to be incorruptible. The scripture calls it an incorruptible seed. Mm. I could put an incorruptible seed in you. And that's what happened with me even when I was coming up. I was doing all that craziness out there in the world, but there was an incorruptible seed that was put in me. My mom, and, my mom was in, in the church, and <clears throat> we would go to church and learn different things, and there was an incorruptible seed that was put in that at the right moment it caught. I woke up. I was like, oh, okay. This is what it was. This is what it was all about. Yeah. I understand now. Hmm. That's what's up. My bad, bro. No, no, you good, <laughs> man. You good. Um, 
uh, for those of you who are listening, again, first, thank you, David, for your time, man. man I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience. I'm sorry we ain't got enough, enough time. As they <laughs> used to say back in the, back in the day, enough tape. Um, <laughs> but for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with Mr. David Pierre. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. <laughs>